one of the hardest parts for me living Syria was to forgive. Just thinking back of ISIS or armed groups or whatever controlling our country and killing the people we love and just devastating, you know, mm. doing all these devastation, living in my parents' house personally for all that time and then having the whole chaos they did. Uh, I'm a believer, but I still had hard time forgiving yeah. these people. Yeah. When we moved here, that was my struggle. Like whenever I come to pray, I would say, okay, Lord, why do you have these people on earth? <laughs> yeah. Why do we have ISIS? Why do we have all these yeah. haters around? Uh, why should why would we go through that even as you know Christian or even human? Like why? Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to thank one of our listeners, Rebecca Kemp, from right here in Atlanta. Rebecca was kind enough to leave us a review. She wrote, Oh my goodness, without a doubt, my absolute favorite Candid Conversation guest, Coach Richt, is the reason I became a UGA fan. Thank you for having him as a guest. Rebecca, our Candid team is always encouraged when we hear from our listeners, so thank you for taking the time to share your review with us. Would you consider leaving a review today? By leaving a review and a rating, it helps others find us, and this would be a huge help. Using your favorite podcast platform, go to our show and leave a rating along with a review, and perhaps next week we will share your review on the show. Lately, we've heard and seen a lot about the hardship and devastation that people are facing who are desperate to flee Afghanistan and to flee the Taliban. It is utterly heartbreaking. Among those in danger are Christians who will face persecution and possibly death for their faith. It is hard to comprehend what they are facing As we discussed this as a team, I remembered a powerful testimony of a Christian couple caught in similar circumstances when ISIS took over portions of Syria. Today, we get to hear their experience. Rami and Zaina Rizk are from Syria. They fled Syria in 2013 with their young daughters, escaping ISIS rule. They first went to Lebanon and then the United States, This was not only a scary time for them and their family, but also an incredible time when our Lord provided for them and their family and strengthened their faith as they faced the greatest trial of their lives. Join me now with Rami and Zaina and hear this incredible candid conversation. Well, almost none of us knows what the experience of being a refugee is like or anything even close to that. And so today it is my honor and privilege to have Zaina and Rami Rizk to come and talk about the experience of being a refugee coming out of Syria. And so Zaina, Rami, thank you so much for coming on to Candid Conversations. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Thank you for having us uh, in the candid. Yeah, I was very grateful when we were talking about planning, tr- thinking strategically about 
who could we have on the show to talk about something of this level of the things that we're seeing, of course, taking place in Afghanistan and, and really that happened somewhat frequently um, really since the Arab Spring. And you two were the first ones that I thought of. So again, thank you for taking the time uh, to come and, and, and speak with us. So th- I think first things first, let's talk about your life in Syria. Um, how did the two of you meet? How did you marry? And then we'll kind of transition to what led you uh, to flee the country as refugees. Yeah, my name is Rami. Uh, I was born and uh, raised in Syria, Damascus, Syria. I lived in the like uh, this Christian family, actually, actually, no, numeral Christian family. Uh, in 1999, my mom uh, met met Christ, and uh, we in the, since that time we start attend evangelical church. And uh, 2003, I gave my life to Christ, and since that time until today, I dedicate my life and forever I will be for Him. My wife Zena, uh, she is from the different city, uh, call it Homs. She came to Damascus to, to for college uh, to study in Damascus. So we met the, at the church. Uh, we served God together like for uh, three years, and then after three years, I felt okay. This time, God uh, opened my eye to see her in, in, in a different, different way, <laughs> in different level. Yeah. So yeah, and we start dating, and then after two years, we got married in two thousand eight. After that, the war started in Syria in 2011. Yeah. It wasn't easy for for us as a family. Yeah. Uh, we, we went through a very hard time. We had a lot of challenges, but God uh, had another plan for us. Yeah. We saw his hand in uh, in different level and uh, many like in many situation and uh, thanks God we are yeah. here now. Yeah. Okay, so just to clarify something. So you your family was nominal Christian growing up. Yes. And then in 1999 your mother had a a real conversion experience. Yes. Genuinely. Yeah. Yes, uh, actually my mom met Christ through the radio. Wow. Uh, through wow. the transport radio, it yeah, uh, yeah. it, it broadcasts in Arabic uh, around 11 p.m. So we, she, she was <laughs> she was looking for the songs like just in the middle of night, wow. and then she heard somebody talking about the Christ, and uh, I'm sure maybe uh, Dr. Yusuf uh, program on ra- transport radio. It was one of these programs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's that, that's quite a transition you've done there. So it's your family comes to faith. Uh, you're in Damascus, Zena. You come to Damascus for university studies. So so tell us about your sort of your growth and development and and, and from homes. Is that where you're from? Yes, yeah, it's okay. a city about like two uh, hours from Damascus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I kind of same. I grew up in a um, Orthodox. Yes. Uh, background family, yeah. and we used to go to the church, but never really learned about Christ as a, mm. you know, personal savior or kind of. Yes, it was just general information, and you know, you, you attend for just you know being there. It and was that's cultural, a yeah, culture yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, then during my uh, probably middle school transitioning to high school time, it was like kind of hard time with friends, and I was just seeing the word as you know, the word as is. (laughs) And that was a a huge shock for me. So I kind of um, 
took the decision to start. I found actually a big uh, old box in our house. That was my um, uncle who lives here in the U.S. He's a doctor and he left a, a lot of uh, Christian books. Mm-hmm. And um, I just grabbed one and started reading. And then I love it. And I started, then I grabbed his old Bible and it was all like highlighted and wow. you know all the notes on the Bible I never seen a Bible <laughs> right. that has all these sure, notes sure. someone really studying yeah, it. Yeah. so I started reading the Bible in a different way and that was during like two three years until the end of my high school I just saw the Lord's hands it was like a lot of um, hard situation with friends mm-hmm. at that age to feel like uh, you're disappointed by friends and you know getting deceived and then uh, what I was seeing on the Bible and reading was opening my eyes to a totally different life. So I kind of started committing my life to Christ as I'm reading daily without knowing anyone still <laughs> or even a church, evangelical wow. church in our small city. The church was great, but the people were like, you shouldn't go to, uh, you know, they were refusing the evangelical church. So oh, I okay. didn't have the, the chance. The community had rejected them. Right. Yeah. I didn't have the chance even to visit there. But by that time, at the end of the year, it came up that I was, uh, I got like a really great success in my high school. And Good. I just felt the Lord rewarded me and uh, opened my eyes to a totally different level of life. So I decided to, when I you know, I had to move to Damascus to get to start my uh, bachelor's degree. And I asked my family, OK, where was the church that my uncle used to go to? I want to go to this church. Wow. And it was in Damascus. Okay, wow. And that's when I actually went to the church. Rami was the first person to meet there. Wow. <laughs> he was actually my leader for three years wow, in okay. the Bible study group. And uh, yeah, we've and that, of course, with my fr- with my first time being at the church, I accepted Christ and took the decision to follow Christ. That was like 2001. And then uh, we've met in the church and I started being a full time minister in the in media ministry with Transworld Radio. So okay. since 2006, that was my life in Syria, just, you know, working um we had like small studio in the church yeah, that we yeah. record, you know, in Syria for Christian media ministry. It was kind of was hard. So broadcast on radio. And, right. Yeah, okay. Right. A youth, a youth program wow. at the beginning. And then, uh, of course, we had to have it inside the church. So it was like kind of uh, that was my whole life, actually, yeah, my baby. Yeah, yeah. So we um, we had a good life, actually. <sighs> the church was great. Uh, we had a great um servant and ministry and, you know, just a great community of Christians and believers. And we got married in 2008, and we weren't thinking of leaving Syria at all. No, <laughs> we no. loved it yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> life was good. Yeah. Yes. And then 2011 Yes. Came. Yeah, 2011 came, and everything changed. Like, uh, I was a math teacher assistant, Mm-hmm. But uh, when the war started, I had to, to minimize the time with the teaching and then focus on people around us. So the, when the, when the people war... People in the community. In, in the community. That's who you needed to help. Yes, okay. and especially the Zainas uh, city homes. There's many Christian uh, left the city because the many uh, Islamic group get control of this city and they let the, all the Christian leave. 
many of them killed there, but uh, who can leave that time? He, he and he left the city. He, they came to Damascus. So uh, God opened the door for us to start helping these people, and uh, we started the mercy ministry with them. It wasn't easy. Uh, there's a lot of uh, threat uh, came to us because we are helping people, uh, even from the other armed uh, like group or sometime from the government. It's it wasn't easy that time, but uh, thanks God He protected us until this yeah. moment, yeah. and uh, He is with us all the time until this moment. Yeah. Okay. So Holmes was a very unstable city. I mean, I remember hearing about it in the news. So there was evacuation uh, and killings as well. I actually lived in a very Christian closed um, uh, neighborhood. And that's where ISIS started getting in. Like one night, I wasn't there, honestly. It was like my parents and sister, like my whole family, they were uh, just, you know, normal life in the streets around afternoon. And then uh, all the cars with ISIS started getting into the small neighborhood and started saying, uh, God is the greatest, you know, this um, Allahu Akbar, or that's their... So, so they were, they intentionally targeted homes. Do you think because they knew it was a Christian yeah. town? Okay. Yeah, it was specifically they wanted to go to control yeah. Christian area. That was the easiest for them because we don't fight, you know. Mm. They asked everyone literally in the street, if you if we see anyone in the streets, we're going to kill you. So people start rushing to homes and, you know, hiding. And by that time, the government had to step in to, you know, protect people as well. Uh, and that was a huge evacuation for like one day. Everyone, like if you have a car, you just get whatever, you know, you don't actually look what you can get from home. You just get into the car with your kids and run. Yeah. Uh, and that was, of course, was a lot of people has to hide. A lot of people was killed that night because they didn't find shelter around. So mm-hmm. they were actually out. That was a night. And of course, my parents got my sister's family around like 10 people in one car just to fit in and leave the city. And of course, we didn't have any communication. We kind of didn't know where's my brother for 24 hours until, you know, we found him in the morning and they just ran away. And that's how a lot of families were displaced and, you know, they were forced to leave their area. At that time, they told them 27 hours and we're going to let you back because we have Mm. to, you know, there was some kind of fighting. Yeah. Uh, we had the oldest churches there. We had, you know, it was a great place, but it was all ruined after that. Mm. For two years and a half, we couldn't get back. So they told us 27 hours. And then uh, for two years and a half, we couldn't even drive around or know what's happening in our area. It was totally closed by both sides. So we were like, you know, we have to just have your life (laughs) somewhere somewhere else and that's how Rami and I started like uh, through the church of course uh, under church coverage we were like um, we shared with the pastor that we would love to help these displaced families of course because I knew a lot of families you know started coming and uh, a lot of people started helping by getting like elderly people through whatever cars they find like even like they had to hide people get them in a weird ways but They just have to evacuate these people for their safety. And a lot of people came to Damascus not having, like my parents had my house to stay and write. Yes, right. Uh, but not. But they, uh, many didn't have yeah, family I mean, in Damascus. I remember 
an old lady called, she was like in her 70 or mm. she has some issues, health issues. And she said, uh, she got, you know, so people started getting, you know, information. Okay, this church is helping or something. And our church was one of the probably least churches that kept their doors open. Wow. Not all the churches had the courage to do that, yeah. honestly. Wow. Wow. So we're getting like phone calls and, you know, just requests like, I'm in the street Desperate. and I have yeah. no, I don't know anyone in Damascus and I'm alone. So by yep. that time, you just, you yeah. know, have to step in. And that's what we did for kind of a year and a half or two years. I mean, that must have been overwhelming uh, because the, I'm assuming that the needs far outweighed your abilities to help. Yes, yes. And especially like for in the beginning, the even the. All the world doesn't uh, didn't see the need, the actual need, because they thought like it's just a fighting between the Islamic and the government. But the people who cannot live in the situation, yeah. they start, uh, yeah, they they start moved out, and uh, and and like it took them about like uh, five six months just to recognize the other organizations or like uh, churches to see this need and open their door. Yeah. Uh, it it wasn't easy at the same time it's like a lot of challenges not just uh, financially but to find the places find the food because you know during the war the life is not normal the food is not uh, the same amount what you had before the war the gas the, everything is different yeah. so the, a lot of challenges yeah. uh, like we faced uh, during this time in this ministry yeah. so Zaina your family was still were they still kind of in the Orthodox tradition and kind of going through the motions? What's kind of going on, you know, with them during that process? Right. That's where the good news comes because yeah. at that time I had only my only one of my like my siblings, my sister. She was the only one that came to Christ after me, but that was before the war. Uh, but later on, when they came to Damascus, my parents and a lot of families that I used to know in, in homes, they were rejecting the evangelical church. They were rejecting, yeah. to you know, that personal relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually started seeing how, you know, loving, mm. you know, and seeing, you know, just Christ's hands helping yeah. them and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And they just started feeling the need to mm. know Christ. Mm. And that's when they started coming to the church and my parents, my whole family came to Christ after that. That was my big reward, actually. (laughs) Praise God. And a lot of other families that we personally known for a long time. And I remember first time after like a month of helping these people or trying to get the whole things together in Damascus, um, we uh, did like a big gathering for all displaced families. We invited them to the church and we weren't expecting that number. But the church was full of all the people that we've, of course, not only my, you know, the people I know, there was a lot of sure. uh, Islam and Christian people. And that's, you know, that's when what we see, uh, what we've experienced as, you know, Christian during the war, during the darkness, you hear all the news outside, like 100 people killed, something happened here, attacking here, but you don't hear the good news yeah. that the church was full of unbelievers mm. coming to Christ, yeah. hungry to know him. And Hearing that was yeah. actually yeah. Mm. what we were seeing. And I couldn't believe my eyes. The church was full for the first gathering and, you know, worshiping God. And it was like very encouraging well, to the it's soul. It's such a mixed emotion. <laughs> yeah. right? So it's yeah. disaster and anarchy and, and, and 
turmoil and all that happening, and yet vibrancy in life exactly. all at the same time. I mean, yeah. it's it really is amazing. Yeah, and yeah. when you when you hear to the testimonies of these people, one of the guy he said, "I lost everything." He said this word, "I lost everything." Now I'm living in the poor level on the in my life but i have a christ i win the christ so this wow. is this is the most i wouldn't impor- trade it for yeah. what i used to have yes wow. this is the most thing i i win in my life even i lost my life i lost my uh, my all the like cars and the house and everything but now i have a christ and this is the the, the important thing for him yeah and all of these um displaced families weren't really actually originally poor families christians were like there's a lot of we were we're always asked, um, is there any Christian in the Middle East? Is there Christian in Syria? Actually, there's an amazing heroes of God, you know, mm-hmm. great people as Christian. And there's a lot who does not know God that needs to hear about him. Yes. Th- these people um, that we've met, they were really in a good level of life. They yes. didn't really need any help. They right. actually had their own business and big houses and very good life. But suddenly... They're out of the house. Uh, you have anything in hand to, you know, help you to just continue having your normal le- level of life. But that's that's where the church comes in to yeah. open their, uh, uh, you know, open the door for yeah, all these of, people. Uh, yeah, out of des- desperation, right. help goes a long way, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, okay, so you said you were doing ministry through the church for a year and a half. So that's into... 2012, 2013? 2013, yeah. We worked with this ministry through the church like about until 2013. You know, during the war, there's draft and they start calling people for reserve. So my name, it was the one of this name. And as Zenit said, we didn't think about leaving Syria for any situation. Even when the war starts, Zena asked me, how about leaving now? I said, no, <laughs> this is our this time. Is home, yeah. This is our time. But... Uh, at that moment, I don't know why and how I was praying, and I heard very clear sound voice from God saying, "You have to leave." I don't know why. So that moment, like after one day or two days, I said, "I told Zena, I have to leave." So I, I, I left Syria. That it, it was like uh, March 15, 2013. I left Syria first before Zena and the kids because if they put my name on the board, <laughs> I will not be able to leave Syria anymore. Yeah, and if I will stay there or if I will go to the army reserve, I will be in the middle of the fight. I don't want to be like part of this war. So, yeah, and uh, in that time, we I left Syria and uh, we, as a family, and th- after that, we we all left Syria for like in 2013 to Lebanon. God opened another door for us there to help the other uh, refugees yes. and yeah. displaced people who lives in Lebanon that time. Wow! So that work continued, <laughs> yes. even in a yes. different place. With with the same, our church uh, yeah. it was the Alliance Church. They were like, "You were helping in Syria, and we want you to start." People at that time were kind of fleeing to Lebanon, and of course, it was good to have someone Syrian to serve, you know, yes. other, yeah. Yeah. you know, so that's how it started, and uh, the need was huge, you know, I, I don't think us was enough, there was, uh, then later on, there was a lot of More, people yeah. also to help, um, at the beginning, you you would never imagine how needy are these people, or how 
to start your life from, and we've been there. Of course, we came to the U.S., we don't know where to start. Like, you, I have bachelor's degree. I never worked with. I no one knows us. Uh, we don't know church. We don't know. You, yeah. you know, we have no family here. We have no support. But God takes care of all yeah. of that. But yeah. it's it's not. It's like you're you're walking into the unknown. You don't know where you're going. But at that time, like I started asking Grammy before he decided to that we it's time to leave. Uh, you know, we were threatened and attacked while our kids with us. Like one time, a car followed us um, as we're we used to have because a distribution. they knew you were working at the church. Yes, we had a distribution center in the church that was created later on because of the situation, and we used to distribute all the practical need. Of mm-hmm. course, we visit people and pray with them, all of that, but. Um, there was a, actually a center where we distribute food and sometimes money for rental stuff. And um, because they kind of recognized us at that time, we got a couple of messages threatening us. And mm-hmm. then I, by then, like my second baby actually came during the war. She was about a year and a half at that time. And it was a time when you drive with your kids and guns and, mm. you know, all armed people around, uh, airplanes at the, you know, running. Oh out. Like, yeah. it's, it's that, you know, you get used to it if you live there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. uh, Drive side by side with the tanks. <laughs> you know, yeah, literally, literally under my house or if I'm getting my, of course, we couldn't get the kids to school after that time because of all the bombs and all these stuff around. But I was telling Rami, I have two little girls, so... I want to serve God. I want to stay to serve, which was his heart. And yeah. I totally, all of, you know. But for you have a, another calling, too. Yeah. <laughs> I have two little girls that yeah. I couldn't send to school anymore. And I, you know, you hear a lot of stories about kids who got, you know, into the bomb and all of that. I, you know, when things starts getting into Damascus, it was harder for us because we were serving at the time where Damascus was safe. And then. ISIS was kind of getting, you know, bigger and bigger yeah, until yeah. they came into Damascus and literally was like under my, you know, my build, our building, actually. <sighs> and then we were threatened a couple of times, actually. Uh, literally, so if you while, don't... while Damascus is under ISIS occupation at that point. Right. Okay. After a year or so uh, from what happened in, in homes, it, right. you know, it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. It's, it's a situation where you you have to decide, but we didn't really get the decision until we we were threatened a couple of times. And even though Rami said, no, we're staying, we have calling here. Mm-hmm. And then um, because of the army situation, of course, we wouldn't yeah. fight. So that was kind of final word to leave. But as a mom, I feel all the moms that are still there, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of families who lost their kids. Mm-hmm. So... Y- you know, it's a hard decision. Yeah. Uh, we love our country and we love to serve as, you know, whatever we can do. But there's times that you feel like I have also someone else to take care of and you're yeah. responsible for that. Yeah. So. Mm. Mm. so so then you are in um, Lebanon? Lebanon, yeah. And then you've made an uh, association through the Alliance Churches and they've asked you to come on and help and serve there. And how long is that time process? Uh, like, uh, I th- we nine st- months. W- yeah, we stayed in Lebanon about uh, nine, ten months. 
so with two little girls. With two little girls. <laughs> with, um, and, and how many Syrians ended up in Lebanon? Oh, a lot. Uh, a lot. It's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. I think the latest like uh, statistic they said about two million. Two million people. People. Uh, yeah. It, it, and the, the we number. were blessed because the church uh, there's a, min- a seminary. Um, you know, building there, and we stayed there, and we had, like, a lot of support from the church as a family. Yeah. But what about the, the uh, others? Else. You know, yeah. Yeah. They, if they don't know anyone, which is, you know. Often. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard decision to leave country. You know, people think we're looking for a better life. Actually, we had a good life. <laughs> you just wanted to survive. <laughs> we just yeah. want to stay alive. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and timing, I don't know. As I told you, like when I heard very clear uh, voice say, like, it's a time, uh, the timing, it was the same time the Alliance Church in, uh, in Lebanon, they are looking for somebody to, to yeah. start this ministry. So I don't know why this is this time because I do. I, <laughs> <laughs> God's timing. God's yeah. timing. Yeah. Even yeah. like I got many like uh, like uh, call or from another ministry to move to Lebanon to start the like uh, mercy ministry there before this uh, yes. moving. Uh, I said no. It's not. I don't feel like comfortable to to move, or this is not the time. But when I moved to Lebanon, I t- I said with the uh, after one or two weeks, the pastor said with me. He said we were looking for somebody to start the ministry. Are you willing to do? I said I don't know. This is yeah. the time. Yeah. This is the time. If God moved me from this place to this place for some for reason, so I'm ready to do that. Wow. So that that's nine months of serving there, mm-hmm. and then. What ha- what's the next in the timeline? Yeah, that's the funny part. Though. <laughs> this, this is the. So I was in the U.S. before the war started, a couple of months, and okay. I was pregnant. And you know, everyone tells me, you "Get your baby here. You'll get you'll get the citizenship." <laughs> yeah. And the that baby. was a couple of months before I we the start the war started. Uh, I was just by myself, and we prayed actually and god said no so i went back to syria and everyone started telling me you're crazy you just lost <laughs> you missed your <laughs> you big missed opportunity yes. for your kid right. and i felt i yeah. probably did something wrong but that was what god yeah. led us to do um and we had all the stuff that you know here legally to do it it was something that it's fine to do but i just felt like i didn't come to put my baby here so i want to be honest yes. so we went back right. And uh, my visa was expired, expired. by then. The war started, and we're stuck. Well, like we're literally the kids stayed for a year at home. Like the only place we would go to is at church, because yeah. there's no school. There's you know it's a baby. There's a you know they're kids. They're you not have going to protect anywhere. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, when we moved to Lebanon, actually the second month, I told Rami, let's apply to, uh, of course, the U.S. Um, uh, embassy. office embassy. It was closed in Syria at the beginning of the war, but. I was like, okay, let's try it in Lebanon. And, mm. of course, it was, I mean, Were it was funny. <laughs> no one, no one <laughs> would give us were, yeah. visa because who's going to leave and come sure. back in this situation? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Rami told me, you're just wasting money. You, they're not going to give us the visa. Yeah, because it's not cheap. Like, especially <laughs> yeah. for, like, when you convert money from Syrian pound to, the, to US dollar, dollar. Yeah. US dollar, you, you almost, like, uh, waste, like, uh, two or three months uh, income. 
It's like a, something easy well, to. So it's a big commitment. It's, it yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. that okay. something that might not even it. work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's something. Well, they weren't giving that much. I mean, we never have any other family who applied that got the visa actually uh, for our you know knowledge. Um, so I, I told him, let's try it, and if the Lord. Open the door. Open the door. We would not be, you know, regret later. Like, why yes. wouldn't uh, we do that? So we applied for it, and um, we got the visa. And, of course, it was totally from God. They didn't ask us anything. <laughs> we didn't have to say anything. They were like, okay, just give us. Uh, they asked for some papers, and simply they called us later saying, um that uh, come get your passport you have the visa I was like uh, what? Rami no one said, gets that <laughs> <laughs> Rami yeah. said all of us and they because we thought they're going to give one of us at one, least yeah. uh, but they simply gave it to all of us and that's totally from the Lord this yes. is totally his hands we didn't have like big amount of you know in, in our bank account mm-hmm. we didn't mm-hmm. have anything to guarantee anything and we didn't have to tell uh, a story that we don't you know that, that's, that's not, not true. true. So, <laughs> what was the visa? What's what type of visa was it? It was a visitor visa, and yeah. we thought that we we can come for you know a couple of months until things are getting better, or right. you know, kind of just to stay in, stay in in a good place. But of course, and to me, I was coming to my end. Yeah. So I was coming to a time that I'm. I just need to live in peace. I would. Mm-hmm. I just need mm-hmm. to be safe. Yeah. Uh, of course, with Lebanon, wasn't. Um, Mm-hmm. It's not a place that we can stay in for a long time. Yeah. We knew that this is only a transition. Temporary, yeah. Temporary. yeah. So, so you come to the U.S. for how long? Three months? What's the visa term? How long did you say? It was like a six-month visa, I think. Okay. Yeah, six-month yeah. okay. visa. But you yeah. have no connection? Or did you no. have some... Uh, well, that's another <laughs> funny story. <laughs> yeah, we just have uh, her uncle here yeah. in the U.S. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, this, that. this, is, uh, this is the only person we have here. It so, was in Pennsylvania. So we, like, even when we came to here... I have no idea. I, I came with zero English. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, we have we have like our degree in uh, math degree, and then I have uh, her degree. It needs a lot of work to like to to evaluate and all the process. It wasn't easy starting life from not zero under the zero. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, on a visitor visa, you you can't come and work here. You no, you we to, couldn't work for yeah. six months. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, we had to wait for six months, and um, uh, of course, we had some options because we came to Pennsylvania and we started thinking, okay, what do we do? Like, we want to be with a church or Christian community or something that belongs to us, right? Whatever it is. So we started praying, and we got a couple of options in different states, but. The funny part that we decided to come to, like, okay, for California, I work in media, so California is a good pl- was a good option. Then another church invited us in different state, but we were like, okay, we don't know Arabic church, but still we prayed, and then we decided to come here where we have no offers. We just know a couple of Arab people, and to we Atlanta. felt, to yeah, Atlanta. we felt led to come to Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't know that there is a kingdom set here or, you know, we knew Dr. Yusuf on the screen. We used to watch it and we used to, uh, you know, watch kingdom set and all that. But 
we never knew that Didn't the know headquarters he was here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. was here. Um, so that was also something you know we would never imagine to plan it. Or if I plan it, it will not, it be, will not per- be perfect, perfect like, this. like this if at I, all. If I, <laughs> I want to say it, because then you would be the one that gets the praise and the glory, right? <laughs> exactly. Good for you. You've done it. Yeah. yeah it's yes. funny how God overrides those. Okay, let's go back. And what was the the most difficult time? What's like that darkest time? Is it is it a time in Lebanon? Is it when you're in Syria? Is it when you have your young kids? What, what was that time? And what was it like? What were the what were the emotions and the feelings and the reactions that you were going through? Yeah, the, uh, honestly, for me, uh, the hardest and darkest time. Uh, it was like a, a moment that I see. Uh, my life and my family's life in threaten. One of the time when somebody tried to kidnap us, they stopped my car, they stopped my car in front of me, they tried to get us all. So I don't know how God gave me uh, wisdom and uh, strength to, to skip the gas to, pedal. <laughs> that's yeah. what I did. Okay. I, uh, I tricked them. I, I just uh, give him feel. I'm okay. I'm stopped. I will, yeah. I, I, I will they stop ask, my car. They asked us to leave the car. Like, this is like out of us. a movie. This is oh, just yes. so. See, the, the, imagine. No, <laughs> no one puts themselves in that situation. <laughs> yes. That, so that like, yeah. this is the, the hardest part for me. And, uh, the other part when like when i also i get threatened from army group uh, group when they put uh, they put me in the point of the gun they said if you will continue help these people people will kill you and kill family uh, and uh, many time god protected me from the bomb i saw many cars bomb in front of my eye one of the time when i going to bring some stuff for the people to, for the distribute uh, uh, refugees, refugees. and uh, I was like about like less than uh, half mile I saw a car bomb in front of me thanks God that time <laughs> he protected me from from everything uh, yeah this is it, it was hard but you know when you see the fruit when you see the God's work uh, in, yeah. in, in our life and in the other people's life, it's worthy. It's worthy to put all the effort. It's worthy to put your life in, in his hand and use me in this situation. One of the testimonies, I like it, it, it makes me <laughs> cry. One of the Muslim guy, he came to us on the, like, uh, when we distribute uh, food, he came to me and he said, I want to say something for you. I said, what? He said, I'm sorry. We are sorry. Because other Muslims, they're doing bad things for you. But your church is still open for us and to help people. and help, helping us as a Muslim, even without asking us if I'm Muslim or a Christian. So when you see this fruit, when you see how God touched uh, their heart and changed their life, you see, okay, is it? It's hard, but it's worthy to see life. The the people change to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Was your moment a different moment? Well, we had the same experience, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't call it darkness uh, because when I look back, um, that's the time in Syria we experienced revival. Yeah. That's the time we exp- we we saw mm-hmm. God's working uh, or God's work in people's life. Yeah. Better than ever. Yeah. We never... It was the brightest moment. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. why, uh, you know, yeah, we have all the, these memories and all the 
you know, hard feeling seeing people around uh, that we know personally was killed or were, you know, left uh, for the army and never come back. We used to go leave our houses not knowing if we're going to come back or not because, yeah. you know, you're living in a just uh, it was a dangerous, very, like a, a city on a fire. Like yeah. it was, you know, Literally, the whole yeah. exactly. Even mm-hmm. at night, we had the struggles of not finding bread or milk or all of that. This is that's something we can actually overcome. This is fine. Yeah. But when you lose people, when yeah. you. Uh, see that, you know, hard situation that we had to move actually in three houses in Damascus, just us with the kids because of the threatening. We had to change our location so they don't know where we we are. But that was all, you know, I consider it joy Mm. because we wouldn't experience or see all these, you know, miracles and life all these, you know, people's life changing without experiencing the war. Without the hardship. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some people would hear this and think, you know, was there ever a moment of of doubt or frustration or anger and saying, you know, God, why are you allowing this to happen? You know, our our country is on fire, as you put it. Um, You know, what was sort of your your spiritual climate? You know, I'm, I'm imagining I'd probably be hot one day and cold the next and I'm maybe even within <laughs> maybe within even a few moments you know just yeah. y- your emotions are running so high so what was that sort of not necessarily day to day but sort of just through that scope where were you guys on that spiritual um your spiritual temperature through that process yeah uh honestly during the war in Syria i haven't felt as you said cold i always feel I'm doing something for God. My life, what I'm doing, I'm, that has a meaning. I'm helping people. I'm uh, help the community. But uh, again, when uh, honestly, I, I I experienced this feeling when I came to US. When uh, at some point, uh, when I felt myself doing nothing, I'm trying to find the. Uh, uh, food and work for my family, and I sometimes I cried and I shout to saying God, why I'm here? Why bring me to here? Uh, then I know very well. Many times I shout in the house, said, Why are you doing that? I said, I don't know why God bring me to here. But this is when you're in the U.S. Well, yes, yeah, this okay. is in the U.S. Okay. And in wow. Syria, uh, honestly, during the war, even it was hard, even it was uh, like a lot of threaten, a lot of the the like bad situation around us. But we were encouraged by like when you see God's work in our life, yeah. when you see fruit. But when you come to place, yeah. And it, it it looks like you're sitting in the dark room, <laughs> seeing nothing, and uh, try to find a black cat. No, don't have any idea what is coming, and uh, you struggle with the life. Yeah. It was hard for me, honestly. Yeah. It was hard for me find uh, find job, uh, like uh, communicate with the people with a new language. With that, build uh, build new community. Uh, you don't know what the next. This is the moment. Honestly, I was like a very, uh, down too much. Yeah, yeah. But God was preparing me in that time for the next level yeah. and new chapter in my life. Yeah. 
I wonder if you could share the story that you shared with the Leading the Way staff of this sort of – you've started it already here, Rami, but that, that sort of contrasting picture of your life in Syria with life in America now. I mean I could imagine it's a very contrasting picture, but – You've obviously got a story behind yeah. that. So. Yeah, that was uh, a time where, and I'd like to share that verse. It mm-hmm. it was like a couple of months where it was during COVID and a lot of people were kind of down and like, why, why is that happening? You know, starting asking. And the Lord reminded me of our seasons. Yes. So uh, if, I'm, I'm not going to read it all, but um, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. 3, where the Word of God says, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Uh, I, you know, we all know a time to burn, a time to die, but I'll go to a time to war and a time for peace. As I'm reading these verses, the Lord reminded me of all the pictures for my childhood, um, you know, the neighborhood I grew up and yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's, I still have the great picture in my mind. Sure. And then... Only two years had this whole city down, like it's all like devastated. And that's, you know, another picture and another season for the same city. And I was like, why, why, Lord? Because it it was heartbreaking to us, like our house or my parents' house, like ISIS stayed in it literally for two years and a half. And everything was like our pictures are, are on the floor. Everything is destroyed or stuff like this. And then. The Lord kept reminding me, but see where you are now. We recently got a house and we're living in a peaceful, freedom community. And we have uh, a good um, opportunity to serve him. And we have, you know, just a good life. Uh, So just thinking of through all of that, how we had a good life, the evil destroyed it somehow and but God didn't leave us he was with us through all of that and there's a time for everything we just need to trust him during all of that and see Mm -hmm. you know the story is not done until he says his final word until he says it is yeah right so you know just being there for a time not just me a lot of people in Syria would think okay am I coming back home when I go to work you know we had to continue work and all of that Life is still continuing, even though you see all of these um, attacks around. But uh, so you don't know if tomorrow is going to come. Sure. But God guaranteed that. And we kind of came safely here. We have a good life. We have a good community. We found a lot of welcoming people here. Uh, of course, leading the way was one of the, you know, we feel home here yeah. again um, because of these Christians opening their hearts for us. So. Yes, it's there's a lot of stations in our life where we feel down and we have the time where we're down. But the the good picture is at the end where God shine. Yeah. Yeah. And all things will be restored. Um, So you went from serving and helping, you know, those that were sort of. Yeah. Outcast and, mm-hmm. and, and thrown out. And, mm-hmm. and then you've come to the U.S. and you're sort of needed. now becoming the recipients of, of exactly. what you needed from the church. T- tell us a little bit about what that looked like, that the, the, the welcoming of the church in the West. And the, of course, yeah, we had, I mean, coming to the U.S. here, I, you know, I love this country. I've The first time I came here before as mm-hmm. just myself. I felt it's a blessed country. I, I mean, I you feel the blessing once you come here and see, you know, all the 
spiritual feeling. I don't know. I just feel really blessed here. But a lot of uh, times when we came here knowing no one, it was a time where, okay, should I go back? Yeah. <laughs> you it, know, this is not uh, home. This is not home for yeah. for actually a couple of months or two years even just feeling that we don't belong here and our heart is still in Syria and you know you feel that you don't know where to belong at some point mm. uh, but of course the church we came to leading the way and then the church of the apostles and both of them were like very opening and welcoming uh, hearts for us and uh, you know we've got all the help we needed we've got all the support we needed as a uh, a Christian family and uh, again a lot of people would ask <laughs> is there actually Christian in the Middle East right. yes there's a lot of Christian and that's what always makes it um, hard for us to just show that there is a Christian that needs your help there yeah. they do need support because Christian does not have that support or courage or all of that in the yeah. Middle East we're kind of you know the small the minority there yeah. so knowing that there's Christian yes and they need help and they need open hearts and we have this here we've found a lot of people um, in the church and even you know generally American mm -hmm. were really uh, very welcoming to us and we just feel home again yeah how would you contrast the the challenges that you face now in America with with the challenges that you faced back home in Syria yeah uh they're very different. That's hard. Yeah, <laughs> the challenges is different between yeah. here and there. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm going to talk about the challenges during the war and uh, the challenges here. The challenges during the war there, it's uh, like about finding food, bread. You know, the bread for the Middle Eastern is very important. If we don't have a bread yeah. at yeah. home, we don't have food. Yeah. Even if you have That's a meat, right. you have a rice, whatever. It doesn't the, matter. The, the, the bread, the, 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 it's the, the bread. vehicle that transports all the food to your mouth, <laughs> Even right? Jesus <laughs> talk about the bread. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so for us, like, uh, like finding the bread and food and gas and electricity, it was hard. Like, like uh, find the, 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 the basic stuff to leave. Yeah. It's not easy to find, especially during the War until this moment, Syria is living in the very bad situation for this basic stuff. Here, there's challenges. I'm sure, like hundred percent, we live with a lot of challenges. Here, maybe like it's different. They are different, but there's challenges about the future, uh, about the uh, paying the bills, about sending the kids for the college, about another stuff you have to to worry about. So challenges exist everywhere and, and all the time, but yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah, those are very different. I remember a, a friend of mine wrote a book um, and he asked for children to write letters to sort of help him compile. What are the questions that they have? <laughs> and he noticed that uh, only questions about why does God allow bad things to happen or why does God allow bad things to happen to good people type question – those only came from prosperous Western countries. They never came from third world countries or war-torn countries mm -hmm. or impoverished kids. They were never asking that question. Mm -hmm. it, it was the ones who had a ton of prosperity who were mm -hmm. saying, oh, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? I always found that interesting why, why that was the case. But it's like – You've kind of lined some of that out mm -hmm. for me here. I mean that you guys were – when you're seeing how God is working in those 
really difficult times, the, the, the tragic times, it's abundantly evident. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the West, maybe we don't see it as much because everything's viewed through the lens of money or prosperity or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And so if someone's not prospering, we think they're suffering or they're struggling right. or, or whatever. And then when something bad happens, it's sort of where is God in this situation? While people who have faced the devastation, they've already seen the hardships. They're actually seeing God bringing people through and, and, and the, the relief. And it's almost like a right perspective of how we should be viewing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask this. So what was it like leaving Syria and then because you – I think you left from Lebanon to come to the US. Then what was it like leaving really the whole Middle East region as a whole and coming to the West? So what was sort of that uh, emotional feel? Because I'm assuming your families are still overseas. Yeah. yeah. OK. If I would say it in one word, I just felt thankful for mm. – to be you know, in a peaceful place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to have the freedom to, you know, simply leave the house safely, come back safely, get your kids for a walk, for a playground, and have shower whenever you need, uh, have electricity all day. (laughs) These little things. And I I remember one day, one here, one person here in Leading the Way asked me what's, like, big thing you're really thankful for here. And I say the electricity. (laughs) Because these little things that... You don't think we, about it. We, yeah. that, but that's not only Syria. That's, uh, you know, many yeah. countries in the city, uh, Middle East, like Lebanon and, you know, I'm sure Afghanistan or any other, you know, places where there's a shortage because of the war situation. Yeah. And you have to find somehow a good level for your uh, kids, for yeah. your family. You have to, you know, just support them somehow. Yeah. But there's stuff out of hands. Like when we left Syria, I had to pack all my kids' stuff without having electricity for a week. So I don't know what I got in the <laughs> Probably not half of them I left Based in Lebanon. It was like the, the black room with the black cat, right? <laughs> or no water. Like imagine yeah. no water in, you know. So yeah. all of these, it feels like it's um, a practical thing or it's like um, materials or something for living, but it actually affects your yeah. spiritual life. Um, you know, whatever you need to do every day, yeah. you just feel like I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. Right. It's hard for any parents to to be there, actually, as Mm. uh, probably even for young um, youth. We lost a lot of young uh, guys and they had to leave their parents, old, you know, elderly people alone and just leave them in this situation because they had to go fight. Mm. So it's just all over. Like The whole situation is um, uh, there's something to be thankful for just to be out of the war. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if the little things, but we're thankful that we have the opportunity to stay alive, yeah. to probably continue serving, probably to take care of our kids. I'm sure God has all these plans for us, yeah. but not everyone has this situation. Yeah. And there's a lot of Christians who were experienced really harder situation. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the things I always encourage my friend, American friends to say, be thankful for whatever you have now, because you don't know what the, uh, the, the situation that other people lives in this moment, because we lived without electricity. We lived without uh, water, like getting a shower. It's something you need to think 
about it in Syria because if you said if I take the shower this morning, I will don't have a water Later for the washing yeah. the dishes. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you have to think about the stuff and like living here in safe place, especially like during this uh, pandemic, this uh, COVID time. You can make the test for free and the vaccine for free. The best vaccine. I pray and I encourage my friend. Just open your eyes for what you have here. And open the news and see what is happening around the world yeah. to know the blessing you are living in. <laughs> I want to talk about family. So your extended family is in Syria, in Lebanon? Yes, my family, my mom and uh, my brother and sister and her family, uh, my sister's family, they still live in Syria. Okay. Uh, I have a brother in Sweden. So we, we still all over the place. Oh. Yeah. My family. family is scattered. Like we, ha I have one sister. That of course we all left after the war. We were yes. all okay. living in Syria. Then yeah. one sister and her family left to Netherlands. Okay. Second sister left to Brazil. Yes. And um, my parents went to Brazil for a couple of years uh, with my brother. Then, you know, my dad passed away in Brazil and I couldn't see him. Mm. Then they went back to Lebanon, then from Lebanon to Canada. So now we have like Canada, Brazil, and then... It's become and a global family. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting. That's the yeah. story of a lot yeah. of the yeah. Syrian yeah. families yeah. now yeah. because they go to whatever, you know, any door is open mm. is a good mm. door to just, you know, just, stay safe. Just to try to yeah. find it's some almost place. like the book of Acts, you know. It's sort of yeah. The persecution <laughs> came and everybody <laughs> went, you know, but the gospel went with them. Yes. So, you're, you know, you're making the connections with the churches right. and, and enriching because there would be... Arab Christians yeah. around the world. Yeah, honestly, and I knew a lot of friends, they start churches in Germany mm. and wow. Sweden and Canada yeah. after the war. Like that, mm. as you said, like yeah. uh, like the book of Acts, yes. the, all the, the believers who moved to the Germany, they start with a small Arabic group, small Bible study, and they start church. And the same, same thing in Canada. And uh, God... Uh, Moved us from Syria to U.S. to use us here in lead, leading the way and kingdom sad. So God has, has a different plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll never understand his ways, but they are always good. Right. Let me ask this. Do any of your girls have memories from Syria or Lebanon? Or? Our, yeah, our older kid. Uh, she was four years when okay. we came here. Yeah. So she Just kind of remember, remember a little, little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, not that big memory, but she remember like the time we were when this car was trying to threaten us. That's a, she was kind of wow aware. What a know. memory to have yes. as a child. That was a hard one, mm. uh, you know. But that that just probably the big Flash. moments yeah. in life. Yeah. That's that's what she has. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously. Just anyone who's been watching the news is keeping up with some of the Afghanistan thing. And and I know it's not the exact same situation. Um, but as you see everything that's taking place there, uh, what are some of the memories or emotions or feelings that sort of are being stirred up when you see some of the images that are that are coming out of Afghanistan? Yeah, the, uh, actually, when the, the what happened in Afghanistan, it's like... Uh, 
brought some memories for me, especially for the some areas they uh, took control from ISIS and how the people tried to leave their places w without getting anything. And we saw the same pictures and uh, the people trying to catch the, the airplane yeah. and like they just want to leave whatever the way, whatever the risk they're getting for their life. But uh, just they want to leave the country because honestly, even the Islam, they don't want to live under radical Islam yeah. because nobody can live with this situation with under Sharia. Yes. There, there's many good Muslim people, friends for us, for us, but they cannot live with this uh, radical thought and the radical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is many of people in Syria the same situation when the when ISIS came to control some areas, they left without getting anything, and that opened a big door for the churches at that moment. I think this is the church time to step in, help. Even I know the, the situation in Afghanistan harder than what is in Syria, but still the believer and the church can do different and make a big uh, difference with these people just yeah. to open door and share the gospel. Yeah. Because the, the people hungry, the people yes. not just hungry for the food and, and the water, but the hungry to know the real God, the Savior. So it's it's time for the church to open their hand in that time in Afghanistan. Mm. What are the things that you miss about home? The church, probably. Mm. Of course, your family. Family, my family is still yeah. there. So, yeah. and the church, the the uh, yeah the the, the church family. We church had family. a wonderful church family. Yeah, it's not. Um, that easy to kind of just leave them yeah. behind but a lot of church members also left just like yeah. us yeah. and I think we all miss it to be together again mm. and you know worship again and mm. just go back to the church was in really high level or kind of the peak of yeah. you know all the um, as for ministry we were kind of doing new things trying to get bigger you know that always the vision gets yeah, bigger and bigger yeah. so we were at that time and then it's all down um, mm. but we still have the good uh, you know memories of these two years that mm. I still count it as a huge blessing to us to just be there during the war being part of the church I remember going into you know uh, places where no one, al you know, allows to be there as it's, you know, it's not allowed from the government to be there, uh, like shelters for some people. Yeah. And we we had the courage as a church to be there, mm -hmm. to, you know, just trust God and get into these closed doors mm -hmm. and just, you know, try to share God's love for little kids, uh, doing all the programs for them. That's a great memories that we, mm -hmm. you know, we would, I would love to do it every day, yeah. even it was during the war, but I, I still miss it because it's um, uh, it it feels good to serve. Yeah, honestly, that's yeah, simply. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to go back? No, no, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Is there anything else that you sort of feel bubbling up that you would like to share? You know, if you've got an opportunity to. Yeah, I actually would share something simple that one of the hardest parts for me living Syria was to forgive. Mm -hmm. You know, just thinking back of ISIS or armed, uh, you know, groups or whatever, 
controlling our country and killing the people we love and just devastating, uh, you know, mm. doing all these devastation, living in my parents' house personally for all that time and then having the whole chaos they did. Uh, that led me as I'm, I'm a believer, but I still had hard time forgiving yeah. these people. Yeah. And um, when we moved here, that was my struggle. Like whenever I come to pray, I would say, okay, Lord, why do you have these people on earth? (laughs) (laughs) Why do we have ISIS? Why do we have all these haters around? Uh, Why should, why would we go through that even as, you know, Christian or even human? Like why? Mm -hmm. And I had hard time to just forgive these people. And I started feeling very angry if I, if I see any pictures or news or, and you know, that affected my spiritual life. So I would say as a Christian, for any Christian who hears me now, trust the Lord, goodness and plans and forgive because not, it's not our war. It's not, yeah. you know, the war is not ours. Yeah. And we shouldn't have these feelings, even if they are killing us, they're kicked us out of our houses, all of these stories that we hear, but we've seen how the Lord turned all of that for His glory and yeah. got people, you know, to know Christ as from all backgrounds. So, there's no reason for us to not forgive. It's hard, and that was the hardest part, and I think we were one time in a kind of conversation as group of Arab Christian here, like, why would we have these? And I was very angry talking about it. And then one uh, of our friends told me, you should forgive. And I mm-hmm. noticed that I, as a Christian, I shouldn't have these feelings. I should leave the war to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's not my war. Yeah. I just serve, submit, mm-hmm. trust, and go with um, whatever the Lord leads us to do. But we shouldn't have that, you know. Yeah, not to carry that. Mm. No, in our hearts. That's yeah. that's mostly what I would yeah. just, mm. looking back to the whole story, yeah. I would still love and serve and, you know, obey during the whole, what, no matter what's the situation. And if the Lord allows someone to lose his life, like we have a lot of uh, servants who were, kind of actually serving and they they died during Mm. these you know just doing what the lord asked them to do but it's his plans and we just have to submit and serve and trust him a difficult lesson that i think um we all need to be reminded of Mm -hmm. did you have something i was thinking about the question uh i i would like to, to share the like yeah. part, part from the Bible, yeah, yeah, Habakkuk, Habakkuk yeah. 3, yeah. from 17 to 19. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on vines, the produce of the olive fell, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me trade on my high places. Yeah, this part always encouraged me. Yeah. We saw <laughs> the first part a lot in our life. Yeah. We saw it during the war. We saw it during the chapter in our life in Lebanon. We saw it here in U.S. first when we came and 
I know there's many people, they're still saying there's no meaning, there's no fruit in their life, but always we need to keep our eyes on Him to give us joy, to give us strength, to give us meaning for our life, to make a change and have a purpose for our life. What better way than to close with a reading from Habakkuk 3? Rami, Zaina, thank you so much for opening up and telling us your story, um, for coming on Candid Conversations. We're eternally grateful, and we're grateful for your work with Leading the Way, and we pray that the Lord would uh, continue to bless you both. Thanks for having thank us. You. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you very much. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to Candid Conversations on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. While there, please leave a review. It does help people to find us. And perhaps next episode, we will mention you on the show. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.